What a good morning, <laughs> Living Waters family. I am going to go hard, I'm going to go quick, and I'm going to punch this message, hopefully, into the spiritual realm and into your hearts. I'm cutting out a bunch of scriptures, too, so we can get out there to that banquet. It's going to be so much fun celebrating some more together. We are directed by God as the elders and board of the church to launch new family ministry. And one distinctive of this going into the 40 years is that we are purposely looking at ways to connect church with home. That it's not that the home's got to get all right and then come bless the church. No, that the, the blessing from the church will go to the home and build the home, connect us together. The subtitle of this message is The Pass It Down Mandate. And this is, I believe, a directive from the Word of God to all local churches. That there is a mandate to pass on His Word, His salvation, to the younger generations. I want you to know that I am thrilled how these last several services have gone. I want to encourage you, even going back to October in our family ministry series, that there are blessings for you on how to cleanse your family line, your family tree, and bless your family tree. There's keys on how to uh, uh, fight for your family and to give us courage and perseverance crossing over. There are some great messages in October. If you missed the one, please go to them. And these last two messages from November 7th, Doc Shell, and then November 14th from Buddy Barry, I just want to run a couple quick quotes from them because they're, they're staying with me and they're going to be guiding us as we move on. And Doc Shell said, the church needs to wake up, get up, speak up, and sign up. And I believe God is waking, waking us up. I believe he's refreshing us. And even today, <clears throat> excuse me, let me grab some of this. And even today, I am going to give you something that we're starting in family ministry for you to go home and pray about that you get to sign up for here, hopefully in December. One of Buddy's quotes or his, his kind of title of his whole message was, our expectation plus our efforts equal our experience. And during that message, and particularly during the altar ministry time, there was, I believe, the breakthrough that Doc Shell was praying for us about. And I've heard testimonies of hearts, wounded hearts being healed and restored and refreshed. I've heard testimonies of of men and women who were convicted about either a lack of uh, expectation or a lack of effort and were humbling themselves and had a, what you call it, like a spirit of conviction or a repentance on them and there was weeping and there was humility. If you haven't seen these last two messages, folks, you need to you watch them if that's, I mean, listen to them if that's, all, if that's all you can do, but watching them even more so would be better to capture it all as much as you can. Do not miss what God has spoken to our church family. 
And so I believe we are in a season of breakthrough. I feel very open. I could have taught or preached on about three or four different themes today. I just feel like an openness in the spirit where God is doing a lot right now. And so all of my Christmas messages may not all be focused on Christmas. Even though I like it because you focus on Jesus when you focus on Christmas, when you teach it from the word. But I'm just letting you know that the spirit of God is moving and we sensed it here at the Open Wells uh, Friday night prayer gathering. That God is restoring hearts and bringing refreshment. The other day, I've had two ladies, and actually the second time they came to me in our church, who said, Stephen, independently, separate from each other, we feel like God is leading us to be water baptized again, to be rebaptized. These are people who have served the Lord many years, Dolores Mitchell and Nancy Winters. And they've startled themselves that, hey, you know, uh, what's going on? Because, I mean, I've been water baptized before, but there is a consecration, a set apart that God is doing in their hearts. And this is the practical thing to symbolize that. And and, and, and they're they're doing this out of being. They know the Spirit says, you know. And so I'm I'm just opening it up. So on December, uh, what is that? Is that December 5th, two weeks from today? We're going to have water baptism couple of them at least on Sunday morning during worship. I know for me, I grew up in the Presbyterian church. I was sprinkled as a baby. And when college at my Christian college day, my freshman year, they offered a water baptism service. And I raised my hand, said, I wanted a believer's baptism where I, uh, you know, choose, chose myself to uh, choose Christ. And I want people to know that it was my choice. You might have a similar situation, or you might have this tug that Dolores and Nancy are having about, Lord, what is this? You're you're drawing me to this. You want me to set myself apart to you again in a fresh way. So here's my email address. If you want to get water baptized, you basically need to bring an extra set of clothes to be sure it can change in. I'd like to know how many are going to be there in advance, but just bring some extra clothes. We're going to do this Rebaptizing now. If you're a first time baptized, you've never been baptized before. I'd like I like to meet with people, go over some discipleship scriptures, and and then do it. So again, here's my email address. Contact me. Let's get together and talk and pray about that. That is so exciting, what the Spirit of God is doing. And while you've got my uh, email address up there, these cards are on your. Uh, seat for you to fill out take them home if you need to think about it we are a team in launching new family ministry i want to hear from you things that maybe you did years ago that was really helpful for your family something in men's women's marriage ministry children youth ministry you know write it down get a couple of these or just email me stay in communication with us as we start planning uh, new ministries uh, moving forward there's two passages, passages of scriptures I want to be sure we get to today. <clears throat> one's in the Old Testament, one's in the New. So if you could go with me uh, to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Let me give you the background of this, this chapter and this book of Deuteronomy. It was written by the Holy Spirit through Moses. And Moses is 
basically even repeating much of the teaching that's already been set up, and he's repeating it, and he's saying, these uh, teachings are what you must have in us. As God's chosen people, we must have this in our lives. In Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, it says this. Now, this is the commandment, the statutes and the judgments, which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you are going over to possess it, so that you and your son and your grandson might fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and commandments, which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. Later on in this chapter, it goes on how we are to diligently uh, teach them to our children. And so this right here, recognition of this, this is what you must have in you. He says, but the you is you, your children, your sons, your daughters, and your grandchildren. And let's go on to great grands because some of you guys have great grands. You lucky dogs. I know what it's like having grandkids. I'm liking it these last two and a half years. And so from God's original design, he says that my word is for all the generations. Don't just receive this independently. This is a communal thing. This is a generational thing. This is for you and your, your spiritual sons and daughters. And those, this is for all. Don't just receive this individually. It's not an individual scripture. This is a community scripture. And so I believe this is a a mandate for every local church that we say yes to this God I hear you and we will by God's grace and power pass this on pass it down see it is possible to birth a church have many families and young children go up in it 40 years later 50 years later there are no more children left And it's a retirement community church. Hey, it's great. You know, you'll have the goldfish crumpled all over the carpet where kids were bringing their snack everywhere. You don't have screaming babies anymore. You can have a lot of quiet, you know, prayer, meditation. You're not interrupted by worship. You can get away from all the chaos and just have a quiet time at church and Oh, it's just one of those retirement communities that it's so, it's so peaceful. Praise God. And yes, it will have a limited life. If there's not, pass it down to your children and grandchildren, great-grandchildren. It'll have a limited life. And every church that ever started, every church that ever, throughout the whole earth has this transition before them. Every church must go through this. Every church must pass it on or they'll be around for, what, 50, 60 years and no one will be alive anymore. So this is a mandate for all of us and it's a transition all churches must go through to get beyond those 50, 60 years. So it's amazing to me how, uh, how, how there's this transition thing is real because it's, it's like this and it's up on the screen. We are one generation away from losing the church or one generation from changing the world. 
We can lose that seed and lose that generation, uh, young, or we can pass it on and just keep expanding and changing the world. What a stark contrast, and yet that's where we are, and I'm, I'm excited to say I believe the impartation has happened. I believe God is pe- pouring on the blessings to the next generation for pillars to rise, for us to really uh, disciple young men and women and children in a way that we will be passing it on like never before at Living Waters. And in one sense, it's going back to a passion that the early founders had. We will start a Christian school. We will have uh, influence in this community and we'll step out with no desks, no money, no teachers, and we're going to start this for our families and children. I feel, I feel that same grace to have courage and faith right now. And I'm asking you to join with me in that faith and, and expectation and add some effort as I'm going to give you an example of an effort later this morning. And I want to get into another passage of Scripture. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 14 through 17. It's, it's a powerful passage. I'm going to hit some main points really strong. It, it's one of these passages that sometimes some people just don't even remember it or notice it. It's, and yet today, in our time, 2021, I believe it's just as powerful and it's not applicable to us as any other century on the earth because of the pandemic and what's happening uh, in the church. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14 says... I do not write these things to shame you, but to admonish you as my beloved children. So here the Apostle Paul is saying, I'm appealing to you and I'm admonishing. I'm really cautioning you and I'm going to be straight with you here. Don't be offended by this. Just listen. This is really important. What could it be? What could it be? What could it be? Verse 15. For if you were to have countless tutors in Christ, yet you would not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus I became your father through the gospel. Therefore I exhort you, be imitators of me. For this reason I have sent to you Timothy, who is my beloved and faithful child in the Lord. And he will remind you of my ways which are in Christ Jesus, just as I teach everywhere in every church. See, in that... uh, culture in that ancient time there were these tutors instructors that were hired by the father to teach that young person manners and and they would take them to school and they would teach them things uh to to be ready for uh adulthood and this cultural life and what they need to do to get ahead and and so they would hire these teachers And he's saying, listen, you might have all the teachers you need and you're getting all this head knowledge and training, but does does anyone know you? Do you have a father? This is the, the passage of spiritual parenting that the Apostle Paul said, you must have this in your life. That having just teachers teaching you is not enough. But as a, there's a heart of a father, a father who cares, a father who's watching over, who gets excited about 
the uh, accomplishments and successes, successes and the father who doesn't uh, get too discouraged because, hey, there's hope for you. There's potential in you. I see it. Listen, let me help pick you back up. Let's get moving again. It's for me, it's the gospel discipleship principle of, of being known, the principle of being known. See, it's easy to come in really any size church, even this size church, but particularly larger churches, to go to church, sit somewhere, and then scoot out, and you, oh man, that was good, that was good teaching, that was good word, that was good, and I got this, and I, I'm out. The door real quick. It's not what God did is the one that we, who we bow our knees to, we bow our knees to the Father in heaven who gives on, derives all their families, their names. The Fig family, the Caldwell family, the League family. God gave these names from heaven, these lineages, these family trees, including spiritual families. And he calls and he points to birth new spiritual families like Living Waters Church. And he wants that church to pass it on to the next generation. And on to the next generation and on and on. This principle of being known is that much more heightened right now. And I believe online presence for our church is important. I want to improve what we are doing and in, in, in connect, uh, connecting to people online. I believe it's part of ministry today. I welcome it. But it takes this principle right here when we can just... Stay at home and listen. And so I got, I got the teaching of the word. Check it off. I got that instruction. I'm good. In fact, I'm going to, like I do, I'm going to watch some YouTube, Robert Morris, Chris Hodges, and, and the others that I love, and I'm going to just bathe in all this teaching all week. You know, it's possible to get so much knowledge and teaching that you're not living it out anymore. You can't. You know so much. That the Spirit of God could be speaking to you to something, and you go on to something else, and letting you, and He wants you to obey what He's convicted you of or showing you something new. He wants you to walk in it. And we've already listened to three more uh, teaching and preachers, and we're off to something else, and we haven't followed up with obedience. And I do it. I love it. I need it, and I and it feeds me. But I want to tell you, I want to caution us here. Listen to Paul admonishing the children. He says, Does, are you, do you know any spiritual fathers and mothers? Do you know any spiritual grandmothers and fathers? So you can imitate them. So you can know their life and, 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 and realize you can apply what they know, what they've done. I want to spend some time on another day to focus in on the special season of grandparenting, both in our natural families, but in the spiritual family. And I'll, I'll do that at another time or another way. I love the new term that people are using, that is the encore generation. 
the encore generation. Uh, if you've been to a concert, they do this at Christian concert. You know, when I was a teenager, I went to some concerts and I, and I, I saw the encore, these big, huge rock concerts. But hey, they do them at praise concerts too. I was at Maverick uh, a City Worship concert at Southeast just about a month ago with uh, my wife and two of my kids. And we uh, were on the back row of the Southeast uh, Auditorium. We were like little ants up there. But we got into it. It was awesome. And it was great. And they finished with a strong song. We were just worshiping so much. And the, and, the, and the band and the team walked off the stage. And then we started clapping and clapping and so happy. And the clapping went on and on until so they came back in, right? That's what you do. You say, oh, don't leave yet. We're still clapping. And they came back and then they did our favorite song. I thank God. Woohoo! Yeah, that song, that I thank God song. And so there's an encore generation that says, we want more of you, encore generation. Yes, retire from your job, but don't retire from your ministry. Get some rest, absolutely. But God has more for you yet. And I want to encourage you, like I said, in another way or another day with some scriptural principles for that. But I want to tell you that we... For our young people, and here I'm going into the, uh, the, the, what I'm asking you to do, take your, our faith and put it in action. We heard that last week. Take our expectation that God is going to move among our young people and then take some action. Take some effort, as Buddy said. And there is a simple way to empower our young people with care and prayer. And those are two things that we can do well. We can care and we can pray. And working with some of our staff and even talking to uh, some uh, students about this, the, the, the name we've come up with this is G-Link. G-Link stands for Connecting Generations Through Prayer. And this is the gist of it. The gist of it is this. We care in our hearts. So how do we do that? Well, we can pray for a young person. We have uh, 20 students, 6th through 12th grades, whose families attend this church. 6th through 12th grades. We have another handful of young adults in, who are in college age or off away at college and other training and so forth. 25. So I'm really calling out 25 people from our adult conversation, uh, congregation, either couples or individuals, that says, yes, I will pray for a young person. And a, a particular one, I will uh, a couple times a month make contact with them to find out their current prayer needs, and I'm going to pray for them. We want to break any divide between our blessed generation that are encore and our younger that are coming up. We want to break any divide. And let our caring hearts and our praying hearts connect us together. And I believe be one of the keys to bring strength that our young people must have in today's world. They have to walk because of adult temptations affecting uh, their identity, affecting their uh, drug, and, drug and all alcoholism, affecting every adult area of life. As, as teenagers, they've got to have the Word of God living in them, and also walking out. They need extra prayer. The devil is trying to take them out young 
so they can't step in to what God has for them as a young man or, or young woman. So I believe that we, though we do have, I've got some gray hair too, quite a bit gray hair in the room, we have an advantage because we have caring hearts, we have prayer warriors, we know how to pray, and that's an advantage, that's an opportunity. Let's use our opportunity. So I'm going to again spell this out some more later and uh, encourage us more in specifics. Because, folks, I really felt from the Lord that we really have to be careful that if I just did a, another inspirational message and try to top out Doc and Buddy somehow and just really inspire, listen, where is our faith without works is dead. Where is the effort, you hear? So I had to give you a next step to take this inspiration and something you can step into and be involved in. And that's what will be happening over the next number of months. We'll, we'll be praying and designing and, and following the Lord and giving another offer of a way to launch new family ministry and disciple our young people. I'm going to ask um, our worship team to go ahead and come up. I'm going to ask the altar ministry teams to go ahead and get in place. I'm going to ask you as we go ahead and do another praise song to the Lord, thanking God. I'm going to speak some encouragements over you. So I'm going to ask you to stand as I speak these encouragements over you. Feel free to come up for prayer for anything during this time. Living Waters Church, we are the head and not the tail. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Living Waters family, we are a team. And as a team, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Living waters, realize, give thanks to God because he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Living waters, God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power, love, and sound mind. Living waters, family, let's Be thankful to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And living waters realize that greater is he that is in us than he who is in the world. Lord, we thank you as we were praying Friday night at Open the Wells. And many of the prophecies and dreams and visions spoken of from years ago, we were repeating them and praying over them again. So thank you, Lord. That is a promise that you have the next 40 years in mind. That you gave those visions and dreams and prophecies in order for us to look into the future and have expectancy. And so, Lord, that's what we do, Lord God. We have expectancy. And we thank you and celebrate that, Lord, you've done so much in 40 years and there's so much more you're going to do. And we are more than conquerors in Christ. 
you've given us the victory, Lord God, that our salvation maybe happened many years ago. That our salvation encompasses in it, Lord, that we have a promise that we don't live in fear, but we live with power, love, and a sound mind. Thank you, Lord, that your salvation pours out the promises of God on it. And we're so grateful. I'll come back up in just a moment. Let's just praise God some more in this day of celebration. Sing this new song together again and rejoice in the Lord. Just can't win the fight. 